that was my wrist. <laughs> neat. Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat, a podcast where we talk about things we think are neat. My name is Erin and I'm joined by my sisters, Helen. Hello. And Caitlin. Hi. It is time. I'm so excited. We're finally <laughs> going to talk about my favourite movie of all time, The Little Mermaid. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I love The Little Mermaid. So we, so I know Caitlin and I were kind of obsessed with The Little Mermaid. Oh, Helen like and I were obsessed. I think I watched one of the ones that I watched over and over again. Yeah, hmm. and there was a period of time when I think you were a little bit too cool for us, Erin, but yeah. Helen and I would play the tape because this was on VHS, mm. and we would play until a song that we didn't know all the words to so we couldn't sing along all the way and then just mm-hmm. replay that one song over and over again until we got all of the words and then moved on until uh, someone yelled about listening to the same thing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't remember, remember that. that. But when mm. we – because it so this movie is the 1989 Disney's The Little Mermaid mm-hmm. um, and we rented it – from the video store because yes. we didn't have a copy. No, and and this is bef- pre Helen. This is before Helen even existed. So this is very early nineties when we were just kids. This is when just I was kids. a kid. When we, we were little, little kids. <laughs> yeah, well, it was so the year before I Helen was... was like a baby, baby. Yes, so it came but out the year go... before I was born, and I would have been about three or four, which means Helen did exist, but she was, was just a very small, baby. flat, like a little spud. But um, I remember going to yeah. the video shop. and Which was a big it, treat. It was, it was amazing. And it was a weekly oh, yeah. rental. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was in one of the old boxes, not the really hard ones, the ones that were kind of squishy. Yeah, oh, the, yeah with the black corners yeah. and they could yeah. like just disintegrate in your hands as they got old. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the only video we owned that was in a case like that was... Um, Fantasia. Fantasia, yeah. Mm. And so we'd rent that and we would watch it and then rewind it and watch it and rewind it and watch it and rewind it. Because <laughs> we only had it for seven a little, days. little yeah. time frame to do that in. Yeah, so we'd do that for seven days mm. and then mum would take it back to the video shop and have a rest. <laughs> <laughs> and then we eventually got a copy because this is back in the time when um, Disney would release, re-release their movies every like seven years or something from the yeah, vault. Yeah, it was like go into the, it would be in the cinema and then there would be like a year or two where you could buy a copy and then the next like five to seven years would be in the vault. So like you could only get it secondhand if you were going to buy it. Um, yeah, or and, rent it from the video shop. So I would have been about seven or eight, I think. I looked at it and, and it says the next release is 1998. Yeah, so Which it would have been nine eight. years after yeah. release, um, but we did we did get a video and it was video and it was gold around the edges because it was a release from the vault and it had the whole special features thing at the end. The little yeah, little yeah. Little I remember that. Featurette. I went this that is, a lot. This is the one that Helen and I would watch and mm. learn the words. There and was rewind. that music video at the end. Of, yeah, of Jodie Benson's the, daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Delaney, I think her name is. Yeah. That's just something like I a know pop off version the top of my of head. Yeah, I world. didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she looked like Nikki Webster. Yeah, that's why I always thought she was Nikki time. Webster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that would have been like very late 80s, early 2000s mm. when Nikki Webster was around. Yeah, Nikki Webster was 
2000, Erin, because yeah, it was the 2000, 2000 Olympics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she opened the 2000 Olympics. So, yeah, but it was that fashion. Yeah, yeah, with the little, like, <laughs> sparkle gel on the cheekbones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the really little, like, midriff. Like yeah. yeah the whole outfit and, and the style of music, that kind of pop. Mm, I think it's because she was also blonde and had the same hairstyle. Mm. Yeah, and also, like, all eight-year-old singers sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I look the same. She's a little white kid. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it, the context of this movie, like it, it's such a good movie. But so <laughs> Walt Disney died in 1966 and that kind of, the last movie that he was involved directly in was The Jungle Book, which was released in 1969. Mm. And that kind of ended the silver age of Disney, mm. Um which mm. Cinderella began. I think Cinderella began. No, Snow White. Snow White was no, the oldest Snow one. No, Snow White was the golden age. Snow White began the golden age of Disney, which was only very short. Was and it Snow White long? It's <laughs> like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, that's it? <laughs> I think Sleeping Beauty came after Cinderella. What? Hang on. Okay, now I yeah, need to know. Now I have first. to look. Yeah, look at it. Pause for a in second. In the golden age, there's only like four movies, and it was Snow White. And then other movie, um, Pinocchio. Can't remember. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm googling. Yeah, Pinocchio <laughs> sounds like it'd be right, the right time. It's an old one. Though. 1973 is when it starts. Oh, hang on. There's a whole. Okay. Uh, 1937 Snow White. 1940 Pinocchio. <laughs> 1940 Pinocchio. Fantasia. Fantasia. Yeah. And oh, we had Fantasia. One more. Jumbo was 1941, and something called The Reluctant Dragon, which I've never heard of. So once the war started. Well, that was kind of the end of the Golden Age. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is only Fantasia's the last Golden then, Age one. Just, so mm-hmm. we've got the and Golden And then wartime age. happened. Yeah, there yeah. was Dumbo and Bambi and the Three Cavaliers is one I vaguely wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the very, very racist one. Yeah, all um, the racist the stuff that's in there. Yeah. A bunch of, uh, probably a bunch of those, like, there were a couple of live action ones as well they did, I mm. think. Yeah. That I just don't know the names of. <laughs> Yeah, this list, like, in I don't know the this. 50s, there was like Mary Poppins. 1950 was Cinderella, Treasure Island, Alice in Wonderland, Robin Hood, Peter Pan. Um, where are we going? Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, Lady and the Tramp, oh. Outlaw, bunch of there's a whole bunch of na- things. Yeah, old Yellow, Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Sleeping Beauty, 1959. Yeah, so way after Cinderella. Yeah. Mm. Which is, it's, I always sort of thought Sleeping Beauty came before Cinderella. I always mm. put Snow White, Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella together. Together, because they they're the princess like, ones. Yeah, they're the, and we they're watched those surprisingly ones. far apart. Yeah, um, but they're like the so, same damsel with no agency, sort of just existing in space until a man rescues her. <laughs> yeah, kind <laughs> Story of. Storyline. Um, well, they Cinderella did the was a bit of less like that. So yeah. They get a lot of flack for that. Um, and yeah, so they're surprisingly far apart, but there was a lot of movies that came in. And mm, Sword in the Stone was 1963. Huh. It always feels that, like a much older one. Yeah, yeah that's a. So after thing. after Walt <laughs> died, there's all this. There was a lot of changes in leadership. So Roy Disney kind of took over, but then he died a few years after that. Um, and then there's all these changes in like the boards voting in and voting out people. In so in the seven the seventies and eighties is called the dark age of Disney. Number one because they didn't make all that much money. They were kind of floundering around trying to find their niche, 
um, but also because they made a lot of movies with darker tones, so like The Black Cauldron. Helen's And they were Mm. competing with, so 1977 Star Wars came out, um, and that w- was a, hu- a massive huh. impact. They did Winnie the Pooh in 1977. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and the Rescuers. Be- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. The Rescuers does have that vibe. <laughs> uh, old, yeah. So they, so they were doing, and they were also, they had started developing like a sci-fi, a fantasy sci-fi film. So they were trying to compete with Star Wars and they were also doing lots of experimental stuff with technology and things mm. that like Tron. Have you seen Tron? Yeah. But it's one yeah. of those Which ones looks that's like visually now. amazing at like for the time. In context. But like mm. I find very frustrating because I, there's no plot for me to latch into. <laughs> yeah, it's like a video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all about the flashy stuff. Mm. Um Yes, yeah, so they were doing all of that, and then there was also the the kind of the split in the animate and, and the animators. So Don Bluth um, left to start his own company, and then his movies were kind of directly competing with with Disney. So oh, the Fox and the Hound, nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Um, so they still made lots of stuff, and they were a bit kind of. Uh, but then they started developing the Little Mermaid, and when that was released, so that was kind of a return to like the princess stuff Mm. and if you look through from the beginning so Snow White was this huge cultural impact and it's like the first fully animated feature film that was kind of treated like a feature film whereas previously Mm. animation had just been like little cartoons um and then they had and they had like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and each time they did like a princess fairy tale um they gained a bunch of popularity and people really mm. liked it. So it was like, just took them a really long time to kind of settle into that princess yeah. fairy tale. The Oliver and Company was 1988 before The Little Prin- no Mermaid. Huh. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A I thought really that was like movie. way later because that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, cartoon yeah. and childish. There's some really good <laughs> stuff in the 70s and 80s mm. who framed um, roger rabbits in there too yeah okay that one's another it. technical like insanity <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you actually sit down very... and like pay attention to how so they did that's it that's the one it's the one note it's like everyone talks about it because it's like um, it's a big collaboration as well yeah. and it's inserting the the animation in real life live action yeah. and stuff yeah so when Little Mermaid came out. It was a return to the Disney fairy tale, and it was a huge success both commercially and critically, and th- and so that has begun the Disney Renaissance. Which <laughs> is where <laughs> that's where we grew up in the Disney Renaissance, yeah. and I think it's a very common thing of like yeah. millennials around our age <laughs> are like very nostalgic for the Disney Renaissance, and I, like I've got some older friends, and they do not. Like my life is Disney quotes and mm-hmm. like they're always in my head and like my experience and the, and the characters and what they do and the songs they sing. And I've got like friends who are a bit older who would just like just stare at me blankly. They just don't get it. And they're like, we what? played outside when we were kids. It's like, yeah, so we, played outside. Outside. We, played, we played the mo- like um, Cinderella and, and um, Little mm-hmm. Mermaid. And-, and we had dress up boxes and we made. Oh, I had a thought as well. You're like. One of the earlier, like in our group, you're towards the start of the millennial mm. group. I'm sort of 
start mid. So I'm a little bit further into the millennial space. And I think Helen is actually on the cusp of... She's at the very end. Yeah. And and Helen's experience growing up is actually quite different to ours like it's so memories. different but yeah. I'm a I'm a transitionary point between you because like I can quote Disney I can join you in those quotes mm. I know exactly what you're saying but I'm as you likely yeah I'm as likely yeah. to quote other things um or like books or Harry yeah. Potter well, than I am to <laughs> Yeah. Talking about with um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm. where I was like, yeah. I have one series and Helen has the other series, and you kind of straddle both of them. Yeah, which I find really interesting because I'm not exposed in... to more media than you guys. It's just and when that Helen, when Helen, I think was some, in... I do remember Caitlin being up and watching cartoons with us in the morning. Yeah, because I've never been a late sleeper. <laughs> like, always I'm always an early, early riser, so I, mean, I was always up when you guys you were up. I remember watching Pokemon in the morning, though, yes. on Cheese TV yes. and Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but that, those um, were the ones that were on also, TV right before we had to leave for school. When <laughs> Helen was watching cartoons and playing made-up games and things, I was mm-hmm. entering my teenage years where I was too cool for that. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. also very adult earlier than we were in our life stage so like I think yeah. you were at too cool at like 12 or 13 yeah, whereas... I moved on and I was doing other things yeah and then so later, I like all after my 18 like I that. came back to that yeah and you did nostalgia loving. a lot earlier as well because I think yeah. I'm I'm kind of almost entering my nostalgia period now at 33 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um and that's not because of like anything that's like triggering it's just that like I've realized that I have money now so I can buy myself toys (laughs) so The Little Mermaid is based on the 1837 tale by Hans Christian Andersen written and directed by John Musker and Ron Clements with music and lyrics by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman and it was written in the style of a Broadway musical and the real tale is actually very sad and tragic do you know the original Hans Christian Andersen story I know how that it ends with her becoming sea foam. Yeah, she couldn't kill yeah, her. because she dies. So, um, um, Caitlin, do you remember when we couldn't? When we went to the video shop to to rent the Little Mermaid, yeah. and it wasn't there because some other kid had rented it. How dare they? Yes. <laughs> do you remember that there was another Little Mermaid? Yeah, that there was is the uh, true Hans Christian Andersen story, and she was um, kind of green. Yep. And she ended up dying and turning into sea foam. Yeah, so and it just wasn't. I just remember watching it and being like, "This isn't as good." Yeah, because there's no <laughs> songs. Um, so the original, the, the original Little Mermaid story is she knew what she was getting into, and she 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 went to the sea witch herself, I believe, mm. and she signed she the contract him from a distance. Yeah, she admired him from a distance, so she knew more about him as a person um, than Ariel did, and then. She goes to Sea Witch and she signs this contract and the Sea Witch goes, you're basically giving up your immortal soul. You're not going to be able to live forever. And she's like, for love? Yeah, this is cool. And every minute is going to be pure agony because you're oh, like the that's right because it feels yeah. like she's walking on glass. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Which, which totally makes like sense. Yeah. not knowing like medical stuff that we do now would totally make sense. Like you've just grown brand new limbs. They would mm. feel awful for the three and, days and that you're running around. by gravity and stuff exactly everything is different <laughs> yeah. your whole body's like on yeah. a different plane and so she goes up and she meets him and he's very Pines nice to her but but he's already like in love with an actual princess from somewhere else and it's not three days i think there's more time it's not three days it's mm. that she'll die the sunrise after he marries someone else exactly mm. because he's like in love with someone else and she's just this like sweet little pet that he's got and she doesn't intercede at all. She just accepts 
her fate. And she does give up her voice as well. So yeah, she does give up her voice. She accepts her fate and the sunrise after she walks into the ocean and becomes sea foam and like she actually it's, And there's it's, a little bit more. So between them, so yeah. her sisters Yeah, they traded their hair. Saw it happening. Yeah. So yeah. they trade because they've got beautiful mermaid hair, which is apparently very valuable. So they trade their hair to the sea witch mm. for a pair of scissors or a knife. Yeah. That and that would that she can stab herself with. And then she'll turn back into a mermaid. And was it, was it stab her herself? I thought it was him. stab the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, stab him. Yeah, she has to kill him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and she decides not to and then turns into sea foam. Yeah, but because, then because her... she sacrificed her, like, oh, you know, true love, all that, because she made that sacrifice, she ends up gaining a soul and going to heaven. Yeah, because yes. she put the happiness of the person that she cared about above her own happiness, mm. which is, like, it's an actually quite an interesting dark fairy style um, moral where like you go through a lot of pain but in the end if you truly you care about someone ever after. yeah mm, and if you truly care about, about someone it's not about you it's about them mm-hmm. so like he obviously cared for her but not in the way that she wanted she just didn't yeah. like force it on him or retaliate against him she was just like okay yeah. that was my choice and I took it. very cool I'm looking for that original movie, Erin, and I think I found it. I feel like I've seen that movie, like, just on TV. Probably. It would have been on SBS if it was anywhere. I do kind of – I do remember this this scene where she turned to Seafoam and then came as a spirit and gave her sisters a kiss on the cheek when she left. So Seafoam was the spirit of the air or something is what Mm. it was about. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, it's fascinating um, Mm, when you, like, put it into modern context, like, how much makes sense. Yeah, um, and then there's also like there's a whole bunch of other stuff based on. I think the the fairy tale was the first, but then there's the Broadway musical Once on This Island, yeah, um, which is basically the Little Mermaid story, but it's set in the Caribbean. Yeah, and Island? it's not so much a mermaid against a human; it's a yeah, plantation owner against like the native people. <laughs> yeah, who are magical, yeah. and she turns into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Disney has acquired the rights to Once on This Island, the film rights. Oh, do you think they're going to make so it? So we shall see. Yeah. Oh, that would be really cool. But Especially they if they do a good them back version. in 2020, I think. Um, oh, that's like waiting. a squillion years away from them actually doing anything. But then it. that's the same with anything. When you acquire the rights, everyone goes, ooh, and then like. 20 years later, they're like, oh, we better do something with this. Or they just never do anything. We um, are so off tangent. <laughs> that's totally, that's totally on. I know, yeah. I know. So in terms of the animation, this was the last feature film to use the traditional hand-painted cell method of animation. Oh, can you imagine having one of those cells, though? <laughs> Disney, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, we'd love a cell. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or or even like a reproduction cell. That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking of that Simpsons episode where he uses Bart uses Homer's credit card to buy some And it's like um, an arm. Yeah, it's an arm <laughs> of yeah. the itchy and scratchy. And oh. it's like ah. <laughs> um, yeah. anyway, this so this film, the underwater setting required the, the most special effects animation for a Disney animated feature since Fantasia, which we just read was like in the thirties. Yeah, yeah, but that was like an undertaking. It was like this magnum opus type vibe. They did that whole war. Um, gosh, which one's Fantasia or Fantasia 2000? I can get all my memories mixed up. Which one goes where? 
Phantom Phantom 2000 goes in 2000. 2000. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the Noah's Ark one was in 2000. Yes. So uh, Mickey Mouse the Wizard. Yes, that's the original. Uh, The dinosaur. Big water scene there. The dinosaur, the unicorns. The um, centaurs. The centaurs. The the devil. The sexy fish. The dancing mushrooms. Yep. Yeah, that was the Nutcracker Suite. And then the um, yeah. the dancing hippopotamuses and um, oh, yes. and the I alligators. I forgot the crocodile. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then it transitions into all the, the unicorns and the pegasus and the centaurs, yeah. yes. But, like, when yeah. someone says Fantasia, I hear... Which is the sexy fish dance. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I can, and I don't know what it's called. Fish, but I can't it's not cracker sweet. It's not cracker sweet. Yeah, oh my all God. of that. Because so it, it starts with the flowers and the mushrooms. It's the racist it? bit of the nutcracker sweet. Of course it is. <laughs> the, yeah, with the mushrooms, which is the the Chinese dance, yeah. and then it has the the fish one is the Arabian dancer. Oh, yeah. She gets like carried in, and yeah. she's not wearing anything on her tummy. Um, uh, yeah, and the Russian dance as well. So that's yeah. that's the whole of that bit at the end of the Nutcracker that's really now, racist. Was the, when was the fairy bit? Was that before that? Because they had the fairy the, um, bit. I think is the the, the cherubs and the plum, gods. Is the sugar plum fairy? Yeah, sugar plum fairy. The yeah. ice skating. Yeah, and and turning that, uh, from waltz? autumn to winter. I think it was. Yeah, that might have been the waltz of the. Um, not the waltz of the flowers, the what the winter waltz one. of the sugar plum fairies or something. No, yeah, the one no. of them is the sugar plum fairy. I know that one's in there. They had the sugar plum fairy because they had cherubs doing it. The ice waltzy one. I remember the leaves doing a little sparkle and the bit, and then it would do a big whoosh, and there would be winter. That is a specific movement of one of those like really important classical pieces, and I know its name, and it's just left. It's escaped you. It's gone. <laughs> We're so tired. We'll never. Today. We will never know if I ever like become Actually like pre dementia or anything like that because I'm already there. <laughs> so the little mermaid, we they used airbrushing, backlighting, superimposition, and they mm. also started using some computer animation. Yes. Um, and they also went back to use the multiplane camera that they developed for Snow White, which is oh, the, yes. that depth perception thing. Mm, so they basically yeah. have scenes on bits of glass and they make and they a little have, scenery and they move They stack in them all out. in front of each other. Yeah. And it's and kind of similar to the them. stuff you do when you're in 3D animation yeah. is you have a big cylinder around your scene with a picture on it and you put more cylinders in front with more pictures and that's how you make mountains and sky and things yeah yeah it's really cool but mm. they so they went to they went to they like dug it out of storage and dusted it off and were like <laughs> oh we can't get it to work it's all old and broken so they had to they eventually like farmed it off to a different studio to do those multiplane bits um so multiplane camera is called rotoscoping helen is that the same thing um, rotoscoping is, it's more for live action movies. Okay. Is it the same as multiplane? No. Okay. It's completely Yeah, because okay. multiplane is layered. It's a layered yeah. screen. So yeah, rotoscoping is rotoscope. just like creating a little mask kind of around people and movement. Yeah. So, so you, you just, can build oh, like a green section. screen and yeah. CGI stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. And it's extremely tedious work. <laughs> So we're going to take a short break now and then we'll be back to gush about how much we love this movie. 
Two weeks later, because we had technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna actually talk about the Little Mermaid and how much Yay. I well I love this movie. It's my number one movie on my list. Oh, it's our first. There. Yeah, no, mine's at the top. Number one, my favorite movie, The Little Mermaid. Number two, Alien. <laughs> I feel like that explains a lot about you, though. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, I love it so much. So. This is where we get the name of our podcast as well, which I think most people assume it's Marge Simpson. Yeah, it's a combination. I think it's neat. I just (laughs) think they're neat. Yeah, I just think it's neat or something. No, but this is, and that's how I tell the name when people ask me and I'm talking about it. I'm like, it's called, isn't it neat? As in, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Yeah. (laughs) So, so I watched, I watched The Little Mermaid, and then I watched it again. Because I love it so much. Um, And one thing that I just love is the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way the music fits with the animation. The marimba. Yeah, the marimba. Caitlin's obsessed with the marimba. Oh, my gosh, guys. I love the marimba. (laughs) It's it's one of my favourite sounds. Um, And it's it's unfortunate. It's just one that I can... Is this a chicken and egg thing? Is it one of your favourite sounds because of how much we watched The Little Mermaid as kids or is it one of your favourite sounds because of it's a good sound? Like, <laughs> It's a great sound. The Little Mermaid is, an, is a formative, like, movie mm-hmm. from yeah. my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Memory um, movie. So, like, that, 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 that just makes yeah. me feel really happy and I'm like, because yeah. it's all, and it's probably because it's so associated with the little mermaid. But I, but I don't hear the marimba that often, or I don't hear it and identify it as marimba. You don't identify it. I, I see I, the shorts from that guy who does all the different instruments, and he goes marimba, ba 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 ba, and does like yeah. a section of a song or like a one of the ad themes. Yeah, and he then he goes slapophone, and it's this cool thing, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, that's amazing. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Erin, you'll have heard this, the Super Mario. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. People cover yeah. that on the marimba all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh-huh. it's, yeah. it's one of those sounds that you recognise as like a happy sound. Yeah, because they it's do it generally for, like, used in a happy way. Happy sound the Mies too. Yeah. as well. But yeah. also the marimba has like, I've uh, last few weeks I've been listening to classical like Beethoven on the marimba. (laughs) And there is a range. It is like insane the like spread that they have, like the people have to get because it's mallets. And so you're holding like one or two mallets in your hands and like That makes me feel happy too, just like little (laughs) mallets. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I want to talk about the songs. So they were written by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. They said that we lost Howard Ashman really early on in the Disney Renaissance. Wanted more from him because it seems from a lot of that um, the footage, the like behind the scenes footage, that he was one of like the the main driving forces of this being a musical structured like a musical because all the other Disney, the old Disney animations. Some like kind of like they had songs in them, but they weren't necessarily structured like like a Broadway musical. Yeah. 
Um, no, they were more like a the princess cohesive. would sing prettily for that one bit. <laughs> yeah, and like to be fair, the kind of American Broadway musical didn't really exist until like that structure, like that that musical comedy didn't come around until like the fifties with Oklahoma, mm. Um, mm. and obviously Disney started earlier than that, like in the thirties. Yeah. Um, but so if I'm listening to the music, like the soundtrack of The Little Mermaid, number one, I can tell you exactly what's happening at any point in the score. <laughs> if I'm just listening to like the songs that are like the singing songs, I love them all. Yeah. But watching the film, there are two that really stand out to me. Number one's Part of Your World because yeah. it's just the best it's song the ever. <laughs> And number two was actually like if I had to pick one, is um, "Kiss the Girl." Yeah, like even over um, under the sea, because "Kiss the Girl," like when you look at the the animation, is just like brilliant. Like the way and like the the frogs, yeah, and the frogs on the oars, how they come up and they're like sha la 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 la, and then the stupid seagull is like. Yeah, like it's a real, it's an awesome song, but they're all mm. awesome songs. But and just the way it fits with the animation is really mm. just like, oh, so good. This mm. is why I wouldn't like sometimes hear a song and be like, I can picture an animatic to this. <laughs> just mm. play it in your head a million times. It's like, I wish I had the skills to actually animate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a we, practice thing, Helen. You got to practice these things. Yeah. Yeah. I like, just, as you're describing, why you think Kiss the Girl is like the best. I'm in my head, I'm hearing the um the bit where Ursula's doing the spell. Oh yeah. And her voice is getting stolen. Um, and it's just like yeah. that is another one of those mm-hmm. moments where the music and the storyboarding is like perfectly in sync. Yeah. Oh the whole way through the storyboarding, yeah. like even just the intro, that's where I cry. So I started like I cry at the beginning because <laughs> it's I turn it on and I'm like, it's the little mermaid and I love it. But then after yeah. the fish jumps back in the water and goes, phew, and then starts swimming down, and then you're kind of like brought into this whole world. Like a fantasy. Yeah, Mm. so like you're journeying through and you're kind of introduced to all the sea creatures and like the castle and all the mer people coming to the concert and stuff and um, that that music like paired Mm. with the the animation, like the storyboarding, and then just the whole way through. It's just just so perfect. It's just I don't know how people come up with stuff like that. Yeah. It just seems like a monstrous task to me to be like to have written music for one thing like that's hard in itself but then to like work together with the animation and have them in sync and the way they used to animate back then was so much not not necessarily harder but like there was a lot more work to it Mm. (laughs) it was Mm. all hand-drawn and they had to like invent equipment to make things work can you imagine like nowadays they like make a scene and then they're like they cut it at the end because it didn't work well with like test audiences can you imagine mm. hand drawing All an entire that. scene yeah. and then finding out that it's been cut from the end result yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be so demoralizing I don't know but it's it's kind of a, a labor of love and I think when you're working on something creative you're kind of aware that some things are gonna be taken out mm. yeah. and then all together the whole is more cohesive yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's and it's so process? much work. It's not like oh, all of that work I did. It's like 
I was working for years on this and some of mm. it got cut. Yeah. yeah, I think if they still did the cell animation stuff, I would be interested in because there was artists that drew it and artists that filled the color in because they had the very yeah. specific the had color to know. in. Yeah, yeah I would still be have the, that sort of. I would but. try desperately to be the the color in person because yeah. that that totally like fits my vibe. Yeah. yeah, there are like people who will like have teams of you know like YouTube animators do have teams of people who just do things like coloring or in betweening. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's, they do that for like other. But you have big to know everything too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I think that's more digital than like actual paint pot stuff. Yeah, but it's it's still the same sort of deal. It's not though, Helen. Yeah. Helen, it's not <laughs> having that. It's like reading a physical book versus yeah. holding a Kindle or something. There's like yeah. just something different about it. Both See, about yeah, it, it's but they're different. The difference is. Uh, I learned to use CAD, the drafting program, and I learned how to actually manually draft. A plan. I can manually draft a plan, no problem. I'll get it out in an hour or two of like a, a building plan or whatever. You give me CAD, which is supposed to help me do this faster. It takes me four to five days, and it's not a matter <laughs> of wait, 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 yeah. Wait. It's not a matter of me not understanding how to use CAD. It's just that I do much better having the physical thing in front of me to manipulate. Mm. And mm. when it's a click, 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 click change tool click 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 click, click, click. Mm. I find I it find that tedious too the, the little clicks and things yeah so um, I don't like 3d animation because it's so yeah. tedious you're just shifting points on the thing and then mm. some people quite like that that tediousness is like, yeah some people are like yeah, they just do it and they do it really well your like, brain oh. works they're gonna do the things that yeah like. I'm absolutely not shooting down anyone at all I'm just saying that if we go back to the olden times <laughs> when there is people who literally just do paint by numbers but like consistently do like that for an animation thing i would i would enjoy that, that i think yeah <laughs> yeah that actually sounds really good yeah um and um something else i want to talk about is disney kind of gets a bad rap for like the whole princess trope and like the all the these girls just falling in love and they don't know mm. anything like they're, they're kind of really like they've got this really bad reputation, reputation. <laughs> yeah and it's kind of dismissed that the Disney princesses are kind of just silly girls mm. but watching this movie again kind of with that lens I think that Ariel actually has a lot of agency mm. so she's a she, teenager with she, a fair amount of agency she can go around having adventures on her own like she's not constantly under supervision until she does something that her parents are like hang on a second that's not okay and she is 16 yeah Mm -hmm. and we all have big feelings when we're 16 and you have big like this is going to change my entire life I still have big feelings yeah (laughs) my feelings didn't get smaller with age they just got more complex like wine I definitely (laughs) had the I'm in love and this is the only person for me ever and I'm gonna die like I was very dramatic like that but Ariel it's not her kind of motivation isn't actually the prince and chasing the prince. It's human stuff. She wants stuff. to go off. She yeah. wants to go up on the land and be she where the people her are. Her entire I Want song is mm. I want to be part of that world. I want to be with a people. I want to. Mm. I want to. I want to walk on the land and see the yeah. things they see and know I the love things that. they and know. And it's that kind of cultural thing. Like I want to be mm. part of that culture. I don't like mine, which I think is very. That's a very sixteen-year-old thing of like <laughs> my life is boring and it, like the grass is greener. Yeah. But that's her passion, and you yes. can have passions when you're sixteen. And I really believe that had she been older, and she still would have had that passion. 
Yeah. And I don't think she's going to like, she gets up there in the end and I don't think she's going to be like, oh, actually it's not that great. I think that like when she, she, so she already loves human stuff and she's Mm -hmm. collected all these things. She sings an entire song about it. And then she does, she encounters that ship. So she's like, oh, this is human stuff and there are humans. And then she sees Eric and goes, well, he's a handsome human Mm -hmm. and he is. Like, he's handsome and he's nice to his he's dog. Got that, yeah, he's <laughs> nice to his dog and he's got he's, that dimple. Yeah, and he wears and those boots and like his and outfits he fits really and, nice. And he plays the music with he the dog again. Yeah, like, oh, all of the stuff attract- that like she sang about, like the yeah. legs and the dancing and all that stuff. He's now, objectively like, attractive. Yeah, and of course. In the end, he like yeah. totally was with his girl. He sailed a ship into a sea monster. Yeah. Like, so I think that the, the kind of the trope of so. So she sees him and she's watching him and she sees him at quite a vulnerable moment. So she gets kind of a little picture of who he truly is as a person, hmm. which is a bit creepy because he doesn't know that she's there, <laughs> um, which is just a whole other so, deal. But, but so she gets this- a picture of who he, who he is. He's the one who falls in love with some random girl that he can't he, even really see because the sun's yeah, in dark. He never, he just hears a voice <laughs> yeah. and sees like a, an, a shadow and then goes, oh, my gosh, I am in love with that woman. Yeah. So <laughs> this is when the rational adult brain comes into the, the conversation and goes, okay, so what if Triton heard out his daughter instead of going, nope, banned, not okay, and um, went, okay, look, it's dangerous and this is how it's dangerous. Let's find you a safe outlet for your passion. She probably would never have gone up to see that boat if that's yeah. what Triton had yeah. done, right? So like or better if parenting. He'd, if he'd said, okay, I've, I've scoped out, we're going to give you legs and you can spend a day in On land. human yeah, town, yeah, yeah. she would have had like when she goes with Eric, so when Eric takes her in to, to show off his kingdom, oh, she, had she a is living oh, her yeah. best yeah. life and, yes. and that oh, isn't anything to do with Eric. Like, no, he's, he's just she's there. With Eric, the which is a bonus, like yeah. this handsome guy that I'm in love with is also here, but yes. I'm going to look at this shit and I'm going to look at that and I'm going to pull the puppets off and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, there's I'm so many try things. dancing just like in that painting I have. Yeah. So yeah, like how hard would it have been for Triton to be like, all right, let's get like five palace guards, be like, you guys are going on an undercover mission with my daughter to get this like vibe out of her so she can go up onto land. She's safe. She's protected. You keep her away from anything too nasty and then you come home and she gets another day doing that in like a year and like every <laughs> year she gets like a day she can go and do her research and like investigate the world up there. Like that would have... She would be so I think she still would have really wanted to have lived full time up. On oh the heck yeah! <laughs> but like, would have been stuff. But yeah, like he she would have had a, a safe, supportive outlet. And then if she yeah. like met Eric in one of her sojourns up there and been like, okay, like father person, here's all the information I've been accruing over time. I've met someone who's pretty chill and cool and good. I want to spend more time up there. Mm. And then they could have had a little fight and that would have been like a cool movie as well. Oh, my God, someone rewrite this. Um, (laughs) But also Eric is a young fellow. Like he's in his very early 20s and his parents are obviously not in the picture. He's being raised by Grimswold. Grimsby. Grimsby. (laughs) I always forget his name but I can picture him perfectly. Yeah, with that beautiful nose. It's amazing. Um, And like if Grimsby had and he'd been like, I can't get this girl out of my head and Grimsby like, you know what? cool but also you just went through like a life-threatening situation 
and you're the also really was like there. you know you swept up on the shore you're probably exhausted and dehydrated yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so like your your <laughs> whole like for a walk with the dog and he's like oh thank goodness the heir to the kingdom is up. <laughs> wow, this guy crazy. has so much chill it's amazing yeah um, <laughs> like, oh so, i'm so glad yeah <laughs> like i could like he's been washed overboard what can he do you can't swim like whatever but yeah. like if you just like sat him down and be like yeah cool so you've gone through this like moment and it's like intense and you are still a baby really so mm. like yeah let's go find this person let's talk it out but like you don't have to get married in two days to this like yeah. find out who they are as a person are they who you're imagining in your head because in every relationship including ones that have like developed over time you have a vision of what you are and also what they are in your head mm. and it's not necessarily correlating with the like true thing the reality yeah mm. yeah and it's the same with like um parasocial relationships where like you've got an image of a celebrity in your head and what they're like and you'd be like oh yeah, I'm so in love with them but like you don't actually know that them as a person no you're in love with that <laughs> image yeah that image yeah and but, that's what that's Eric- what both of them have had like so she's yeah. seen him in a vulnerable moment and gone like oh he's hot and developed this whole crush like just dived off the deep end and mm. he's done the same thing but they yeah. both have no but, idea who each other are until yeah, they actually spend that, the day but, together but eric does like get to know ariel and he does fall in love with her because mm. you can see like just before ursula comes and enchants him and stuff he's like actually i think i really like this random mute girl that i found which is also really funny because it's been a whole day it's been like one whole day and he's like oh that crush i had where i thought i was completely beyond all like passion and love and i think that Mm. if ursula hadn't come along he would have like gone okay like i think that decision wasn't i'm gonna marry ariel i think it was i'm gonna focus my attentions on her and build a relationship i want to see where this goes yeah like a healthy way and that's what Grimsby, yeah, Grimsby, Grim fella, um, was like trying to entice, but like yes. there could have been more of that. Maybe it was off screen, but you know, like someone parent these babies, please. Something that I really like is that like they have spent one day together, but Eric, like Ariel, is just being herself. She's yeah. living her yes. best life, having her day, and, and Eric sees the- that and goes, "I really like this girl for yeah. like who she is." Yeah. Yeah, rather than like this construct which he had of like the mysterious woman who rescued him and stuff. Yeah. And then it just happens that they come together in the end. And we don't know really how much time there is between the whole drama with Ursula and him like washing up and then Ariel comes out of the water. But then how long is it between that and them getting married? Yeah. Like it know. it could have been some time and I and some, I choose to yeah. believe that that was some time. Yeah, like some he's just had he's just like scrambled to get this wedding to happen and all the nobles and stuff. He's not going to be like, actually, guys, we're doing it tomorrow instead. <laughs> like I think that that's going to be like, okay, we're going to calm down and we're going to settle down and we're going to like recover from this. And we're now Eris got a time together, back, so she, we can talk yeah. a lot now. We can talk, we're going to build, yeah. and then we're going to get married, and then happily ever after. Like I think. That's oh what yeah, happened. like the the mm. bit after Triton's like, yeah, I'm going to go let you date this boy. Mm. <laughs> Is like they they definitely spend a, like a fair amount of time like between the two families and getting to know each other properly yeah like and also like it is kind of it is kind of presented as like this love story this fairy tale love story but in the end like even when um like triton's like oh she she really does love him Mm. and then sebastian says his little thing that as i always say and it's not something he always says yeah he's like "Uh uh-huh um but really it's she really does love human stuff 
She really yeah. does love that mm. world. Mm. Like he, they could be substituted. It's a part of that world that he loves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like, love that for her. She gets yeah, to yeah. live happily, and it is what she wanted. And like, and she, she still does... gets to keep her ties with her family. Like, she doesn't yeah. have to abandon anything. And there are sequels which are canon in which Ariel is still happy with her life in the human world. Yeah, yeah. So I think they, they she gets a they get a lot of flack for like uh, these dumb girls. It's like not mm. all girls are dumb. Even if they are sixteen, they do dumb things. But they're still human beings who have agency and choices and can make decisions. Mm. I think and it's not gonna be like you're gonna ruin your life it's like well maybe they'll just learn something and then they'll like do something different Mm -hmm. like there's also the other side of it where like yes her story right up into the point that she saw Eric was about her passion and her goal but the impetus the driver that actually got her to go towards the resolution that she was looking for anyway was meeting a guy and then mm. the stories now become about. I don't know, but she met him, and then there's some time passing because, like, I'm pretty sure just time passes when she's just mooning around and she's like, yeah. like, like trying yeah, to. Yeah, and Flander found the statue. It was yeah, Flander found the statue and got it back in the the grotto. But Somehow. then it was King Triton coming and. <laughs> Sorry, just like imagining Flounder going to that little tiny seahorse that does the little like trumpeting, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Bro, we got to get this giant statue. Get yeah. all of your cousins. Yeah, we could do it. We could do it. Um, <laughs> just, just twist it into the whole angle it this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it, give it. Just magic, and we'll put it. But the impetus is actually like King Triton comes and wrecks all her stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. And he it's, throws it's a not, huge tantrum. Yeah, and he like he for if he's gonna always he, she knows that he, she's forbidden from going up and seeing humans and stuff like she kind of knows all that stuff. She's keeping that secret. And then and but the impetus is that all her stuff has been wrecked. She's got nothing. She's had this huge fight with her dad, and then she goes and sees Ursula because she she's like, no one loves me. I have no friends. Like, you know, yeah, she's blah, running blah, blah, blah. away from home. She's running away. She's and had a big Ursula fight with her dad. Now first, she's running away from home. Ursula's the first like grown up person who like listens and sympathizes. Yeah, with her. Poor like, of course she's gonna sign that. Yeah, of course yeah. she's gonna sign that thing. She's like, this is someone who knows, like, who like knows what I want. Um, I've got nothing. All my stuff is gone. Like, dad's just awful. So I may as well go and find this prince. And then I got to get him to kiss me. But that's kind of almost like when she's living her best life, she's not really trying to get him to kiss her. She's just living her best life. Yeah, and it's like, like it's all Sebastian who's like, oh, we got to get this room. We need moving. to get this done. And even like when she's up in her room and she's like brushing her hair with the dingle hopper and she's like, like she's had the best day. And like yeah. I really believe that. It's the only. It's just that she's got this pressure of like, if I want to stay here, and I, I need to get, get him to kiss me. But if she didn't have that, she'd just be up there living her best life, and then eventually yeah. she'd grow a relationship with him. Yeah, yeah and if she hadn't mm. had a, had the big, if she hadn't seen the mm. prince and been like, I love him, and had the big fight with her father, and like had just got to the point where she seeks out the sea witch to expand her studies, she wouldn't have been able to be like, you've got to get this guy to kiss you, like. There would have yeah, been there would have almost been another no quest. leverage. Yeah. yeah, or a different quest. You have to do a yeah. certain thing yeah. that's impossible. But yeah. it still would have been, I'm running away, I want to go be a human, live in the human world. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, mm. it's it's got to be better than this, which is yeah. the problem. Yes. Um, so we have a few adventures of the Little Mermaid adventures that we've had. Yeah, so, so many actually. So many, yeah. 
Um, so first of all, me and Caitlin went and saw The Little Mermaid. I think it must have been part of, no, it was earlier than the 30th anniversary because it was about 2018. And we went and saw The Little Mermaid at the cinema because the cinema was doing like a cinema. retro day every month or something. No, because 20 year would have been two, 2009. Oh, and yeah. this was like 2018. It, was, it mm. wasn't that long before the 30th anniversary and so we went to the cinema and they they played it and the cinema was full of kids and the one thing that I just love because it was all people our age who have kids now which is Mm. just so weird taking their kids to taking their kids to see like the movies that we grew up with and there was a little girl sitting next to me and when we were watching part of your world this little girl was like warbling along (laughs) like (laughs) like, just quietly and then at the very end it like finished and her dad just like leant over and was like that was beautiful and I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only time it's acceptable acceptable to like sing along with something is either mm. when it's labeled as a sing along or if you're just doing quietly out of love rather than because you know there's people that sing along because they're good singers. Yeah. Mm. Or they want people like to know that they are good yeah, singers. I can yeah. sing so I'm singing along and then people go, You're a good singer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this little girl was just like living it. Yeah, which I love. Yeah, there is a there is a huge difference between someone who's interrupting your experience of something beautiful by making it about themselves, Mm. and someone who is pure and innocent, just yeah, in that moment of love and quietly and like quietly, like you could have ignored her if you. I don't think you really could hear her. I heard her a little bit when when it was like the proper belt bit. She was a little bit louder louder, because you have to be in the belt. (laughs) Yeah, but like not through the whole song and mm. I thought it was kind of cute and it was only for like a little bit for me mm. um and then you told me afterwards about the dad leaning over and I was like oh <laughs> yeah and then like a year later or a bit later when it was the 30th anniversary which was 2019 which was the best night of my entire life or day because it was a matinee because we do matinees because we're old people. Um, we don't we like went, crowds. <laughs> yeah. We went and saw the WA Symphony Orchestra play the, the score of Little the Mermaid. Score of the Little Mermaid to, to the, the film. Yeah. <laughs> Helen didn't come because she didn't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> but me and Caitlin were like, yeah. yeah. So I'll have to dig up photos. Of it because that was just. So when did the, the three best. of us go to the movies to see Little Mermaid? I don't remember the three of us ever going to see Little Mermaid. I remember because there was a kid behind me who kicked my chair the whole time. Oh, maybe so it was that Little, Little Mermaid. Or was that a different one? Maybe, oh, it, maybe it was that one. time. Maybe you came with us. Maybe you did come with us. Me. I just you remember the little girl, not. and it was yeah. at Morley. Um, yeah, Morley. they're the only two things I really remember. <laughs> but then it's like I also remember that. Because we had the cinema screen, and you know how normally you're watching the ads and the previews, mm-hmm. and then the lights dim and the screen either gets bigger or it gets like shorter and wider if it's oh, like yeah. a widescreen thing. But this screen. one was like we're watching the previews and the ads, and then the whole screen got smaller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay, it's that old because it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. They didn't yeah. have screens that big. Yeah, <laughs> the ratio is like sixteen something. Yeah. Not- I think we're it up to like the standard at the time. At the time, yeah, yeah, they just didn't animate anything off the edge of the screen. Yeah. It's not like Star Wars where you just go, "We'll just use the rest of the film." film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but seeing it, seeing it at way, so it was a little screen on the top of the orchestra. But that was like, I would love to do that again. It was. It's, there's something about being in the presence of a live symphony orchestra mm. that it yeah. it doesn't change the music. It it's like you're breathing it. 
Like it's mm. just it, there's so much more to get from the music. It's why it's why surround sound is is considered mm. so good. Mm. Um, yeah. But like the one thing they didn't have, was the, the marimba. marimba. <laughs> <sighs> I was waiting. They had like a keyboard. I was like, it's not there. Yeah, they had a keyboard, but, but they're they gonna didn't roll have it out. They're gonna roll it out. They weren't gonna roll it out. Well, I thought mm. it might just be like off on the side of the wing that we couldn't see, like just hidden behind, and they just didn't have enough percussionists, so they didn't have it in the opening like music, and uh, right up until um, it's under the sea. I was like, mm. maybe, maybe. It's still just possible. Gonna, it's still possible. <laughs> and then they just they just didn't do it at all. They had a keyboard Sadness. and I was like, yeah. it's not the same. Not yeah. yeah it's not. And I get um, that they had to make a choice, but they made the wrong one. It's <laughs> only <laughs> <laughs> because of your attachment to Marimbas. I freaking love Marimbas. Um, Kalimbas too. Anything with that ding, 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 ding kind of sound is amazing. Yeah. Just, um, and then, Caitlin, you were very lucky. And when you went to Disneyland Tokyo, you got to meet Ariel. I got to meet Ariel. I I, I had an jealous. incredibly magical day. I was there by myself because my friend was like, Disney Sea, I don't know what that is, so I'm not coming. And I was like, that's fine. Bye. Um, <laughs> and I got up really early. I got my shuttle bus in. I saw the train with the Mickey Mouse windows and yes. went, oh, this is slightly Monorail. more magical. That, yep, that I um, – realized and uh I did an errand the first time I've ever in public just seen something and burst into tears because I'm so happy <laughs> I'd never so happened much before of that, that. <laughs> so that and that's just like walking into the foyer yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even in Disneyland proper yet happy so yeah. after a whole day of just like walking into um rides with little to no line at all, being passed beyond lines because I was by myself so I was just filling up seats, mm. having um, cast members um, just to recognize that I you. was there. Yeah, um, I got up to the back of the park, which is where Ariel's the, the under the sea section is, and it is it is aimed more towards the younger kids, that section. Um, and I walked up and I had an a choice I could continue on the lovely wide path and there was like this kid's roller coaster that I didn't end up going on because I was too tall um or I could like veer left and I was like this is a little path that's fine and I just like went up this little path because that's what I do I go up the little paths and it was Ariel's grotto and Ariel was in the grotto and there was Mm. no line so I just like walked up and said hello (laughs) um and like I was exhausted by this point I was not moving well I did not I probably looked terrible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like I was just so happy and I couldn't express it. So I was just like like my face hurt from smiling so much. Yeah. And she's speaking to me in English and I was like, I grew up with the little mermaid. And like the moment that I, I spoke back, obviously I'm Caucasian, like the, the likelihood that I speak English is like super high. But the moment I spoke back to her in English and I was just like, this is just such a wonderful moment. Like I clearly recognize that you're a cast member, but you are. No, she's Ariel. Like, you are Ariel to me. And I appreciate that so much. This is this is making my childhood. Mm. And then she's like, do the pose with me. And I was like, I did the pose. And they took like so many photos on my cam on my like phone. They're only yeah. supposed to do like one or two, but they took so many different photos. Well, and I was, was like, quiet. Yeah. And they, could. and they could. And they were so nice about it. And mm. then to continue my magical adventure, I walked out of the grotto and just went around the corner and walked into the theater. <laughs> Didn't realize it was a theater. I was just like, what's here? And they had the live the, the stage show of like Ariel on the Ariel was on like the trapeze wire and she was like swimming in and there was Aww. the Triton puppet 
being yeah. Triton and, and I the, missed that one. Oh. I missed a lot because I remember spending a lot of time in the like under the sea area. It's beautiful. Sophie, yeah, it's gorgeous. And like all these little nooks and crannies and stuff. And we were trying to find Ariel's grotto, but I think it's actually like closed off when she's not there. Yeah, it's literally like a little side path. Hmm. Like you're not in the actual under the sea bit with all of the like the walls covered in the seaweed thing that looks like you're underwater. Mm. It's the bit before that. Like you've oh you haven't even like and entered like properly yet. And there's like all those like bridges that you can like and like there's all because there's like that whole boat kind yeah. of rigging stuff that yeah. you can climb around. I remember climbing all the way through that and like like it was really cool. But yeah, we missed out on that. And, yeah, and then because I went a few months before you did, and then when you mm. were there, you like sent me the picture of you with Ariel, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. it's it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we have to go. We just have to go back. We just have to, yeah, it's, we have to. And we'll just have to keep going every day until Erin gets a photo with Ariel. Yeah, it's telling me Ariel. I think she hugged me too. Yeah. I know Baloo hugged me, but that was at Disneyland, not Disney. It was the before time when hugs were okay. <laughs> and Helen's never been to Disneyland. Nope. Sadness. Yeah. All right, so those were our thoughts on The Little Mermaid, the best movie ever. <laughs> Are you a 90s kid? Did you grow up during the Disney Renaissance? Check out our Twitter or Instagram at Isn't It Neat Pod to dive into nostalgic memories with us, or you can email us on Isn't It Neat Pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat. 